Greetings, mortal denizens of the doomed planet Earth. If you are hearing this message, then you are now able to perceive the ultimate reckoning of humanity's thoughts, words, and deeds in the form of a podcast called Which is More? I am Xanthor, an interdimensional being born outside the confines of your reality whose species has been charged with observing and documenting the many doings of every sentient life form throughout the cosmos. As luck would have it, I was sent to watch over your world. The thing is, a dozen or so eons into the whole thing, I'm kind of in a bind. You see, for the first couple million years, things were pretty interesting. But then around the time Pangea broke into separate continents, I'll admit, I got kind of bored and may have stopped paying attention. Now, as you probably already know, your civilization is crumbling and your planet is on the verge of ecological collapse. So that's pretty much a wrap on you guys. Unfortunately though, I'm still responsible for cataloging your entire cultural legacy without much time left to do so. Therefore, I have enlisted the services of the most generic human being I could find. An American man-child by the name of Pete Musto. His natural laziness, surprising ignorance, and overall mediocrity make him the perfect vessel through which to filter everything humanity has to offer without pretension or value judgment. However, I also kind of already used up much of my capacity to document your species after spending hundreds of thousands of years recording whatever jellyfish have been up to. What can I say, it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact they weren't eventually going to be the dominant organism. So each week, my co-host and I will call upon two experts to help us decide, through heated debate, once and for all what is the best example of a given aspect of the human experience worthy of one of the few remaining spots in what will be the eternal accounting of what it means to be an Earthling. This week, our experts are Maggie May and Blair Postman. Maggie is a comedian who has performed on Conan, as well as the Moon Tower Comedy Festival and South by Southwest. She has also written for The New Yorker, appeared on Comedy Central, and hosts a live podcast at In The Green Zoom on Instagram every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Blair is also a comedian who has been featured on PBS NewsHour and performed on the Limestone and 10,000 Laughs comedy festivals. She is also producer and co-host of the podcast My Fantasy Wife and host of the weekly video web series, Flip Out Friday, at Postman Comedy on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. If you enjoy the impassioned squabbling you are about to hear, please subscribe to Which Is More with Pete Musto and Xanthor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us at Which Is More Podcast on Instagram and Which Is More One on Twitter. Now, please enjoy the only podcast that aims to identify everything about humanity worth saving 
as the end of the world rapidly approaches. Welcome back to Which Is More, everybody. I'm really excited for this episode because I've got two great comics on to talk about a very delicious topic. We have Blair Postman. Hey, how you doing, Xanthor? I'm doing excellent, thank you. And we also have Maggie May. Hey, how are you? I am, as I said before, doing excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, so... Xanthor is kind of a a candy virgin, so we're going to really walk him through what candy is and what it represents to humanity, which I really, I mean, I'm a huge candy fanatic, so I'm glad we're talking about this. Today, we're going to be discussing which is the best candy company in human history, I guess, the ultimate representation of what makes great candy. We have Haribo and Mars, but before we dive into the actual argument let's just give a little backstory for all of you weird trolls who've been living under a rock and don't know what candy is so according to wikipedia candy is a confection that features sugar as a principal ingredient the category called sugar confectionery encompasses any sweet confection including chocolate chewing gum and sugar candy vegetables fruits or nuts that have been glazed and coated with sugar are said to be candied Candied vegetables. Oh. Is that like fucking like sugary broccoli? I've know. never heard of that before. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Please, Xanthor, don't if anybody offers you don't take it. Sugary. Yeah. That's not the business. That's not the real stuff. You they're Mm-mm. they're yeah, that's we can all agree on that. That's just a mom trying to get you to eat vegetables with chocolate on it. Don't fall for it. <laughs> yeah, that's like some like Jerry Seinfeld's wife's cookbook or something. <laughs> don't, don't um, do that. Well, uh, apparently candy has its origins mainly in ancient India. Uh, Between the 6th and 4th centuries BCE, the Persians, followed by the Greeks, then adopted it and then spread sugar and sugarcane agriculture. Pieces of sugar were produced by boiling sugarcane juice and consumed as kanda, dubbed as the original candy and the etymology of the word. Yeah, but I feel like everybody, every culture has some kind of like candied sweet, right? Yeah. I I would think so. Yes. I mean, I, I'm I'm Italian. Blair, are you, you're Italian as well, right? I am. I'm half Italian. Um, I'm ha- I'm half Italian and a quarter Jewish, also a quarter English, uh, which doesn't really show up uh, on me um, a lot. Um, well, I mentioned it really because I was curious. Did you ever get forced to eat any like weird Italian candies from like grandparents? Like they, you know, first of all. First of all, a lot of times they're trying to like trot out like walnuts at dessert time, and that's bullshit. <laughs> so a walnut is yeah, absent absolute dog shit dessert. Yeah, we, I think we all know there's that weird nut tray, and, and maybe it's lots of European uh, descended folks, but definitely Italian. They try to candy it, candied walnuts, and it's like no, booby. Oh, I would, oh, I would, I would kill for a candied walnut. No, just a fucking walnut, just a walnut, just regular ass walnuts, just a regular ass walnut. And no, not it's terrible. And so, but then you, we got a lot of like interesting cheesecakes and like the weird like Napoleons and like you know, and all you wanted was just some goddamn ice cream or or chocolate bar. Yeah, it's really all you want. They were very elaborate and did not have nearly as much as much sugar as the American child of the seventies and eighties needed to to really get hopped up. Yeah, I feel like my I had, you know, Italian grandparents and that was like it was always just a weird bowl of 
like unwrapped candy nothing good nothing it was like very like weird colors and yeah and it was very disgusting but apparently in the middle ages candy appeared on the tables of only the most wealthy at first at that time it began as a combination of spices and sugar that was used as an aid to digestive problems digestive problems were very common during this time all problems in fact were very common yeah. during that time <laughs> due to due to the constant consumption though mainly of food that was n- neither fresh nor well balanced <laughs> right <laughs> isn't it just so great that we don't live then yeah. you know what i mean just like when like salted meat is what got you through like three months of winter <laughs> it so- it doesn't it sounds less like candy and more like sugared medicine right yeah. <laughs> or like here's this medicine with a spoonful of sugar and we're just gonna tell you it's a sweet and, and look who hasn't as a child overindulged in some flintstones vitamins i get the appeal of some sugar in your medicine but oh yeah Dimetap? That was the that was the shit. <laughs> that was delicious. I wish I got a cough so I could get some Dimetap. I also like to think that uh, like Tussin was like the actual original name from the old English of this like <laughs> sugary sweet medicine they used to give people. But the first candy came to America in the early 18th century from Britain and France. Uh, only a few. That doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right to me because we all know that the triangle trade that started with slavery, right? And then they then they got sugar and sugarcane from from the the you know the now Bahamas and the Caribbean and then that went back to England. So how is it that is it that it just got turned into fancy candy over there because they didn't have sugar? Not this not not America level sugar they didn't have. <laughs> America <laughs> I think we all know that America level sugar is the highest level of sugar. And I think Xanthor needs to know that this is yes. what we're going to talk about soon is like America candy and America sweet tooth and America fat. It's better, better than rest of the world fat. Right. Please tell me what is America's obsession with sweetened, disgusting, certainly toxic foods? Uh, Disgusting, excuse you, first of all. Sweets are wonderful. You need they're little treats. Candy is wonderful because they're little treats. If you do something good during the day, you feel good having a little treat at the end. Like sometimes you eat it all through the day, sometimes it's breakfast, sometimes it's dinner, and sometimes you you know, you you finish work and then you're like, I just want a little sweet to pick me up. Right. Nasty, Brutus, and short, that is life, Xanthor. We are in America where you're all supposed to pretend to be happy all the time, but we're not. We're not. And some of us still need to get up and go to work, so we can't drink our faces off or just do cocaine. You need something that's going to make you feel just a tiny part of fleeting joy at any given point, but you're not going to get pulled over and get a DUI. Boom. Candy. Perhaps I will never understand because my anatomy has only taste buds that can process the flavor of sour and bottom of old boot. Well, there are candies that you can enjoy if that is your taste bud. Yeah, a lot of them made by Haribo. Oh, wow. There are wow, some sour the candies and there are some boot tasting candy <laughs> that you might be interested in. Yeah. Come some, to Halloween. Some like fruit leather, maybe fruit leather. 
I'm thinking. Oh, like were those roll ups? They weren't really candies, but they were fruit roll ups. That never appealed to me. Yeah, they didn't. They they hadn't gotten the fruit sour candy right back then. Um, but to answer your 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 dubious inquiry about these facts, I am at the mercy of web, websites like Wikipedia and also my my next source, which is just candyhistory.net. <laughs> which dot net. You couldn't even go to dot com. <laughs> I, I, I tried not. I tried to avoid websites that uh, you know have things like dot ru in them. <laughs> right, Putin. They're like the world needs to know the history of this candy, but I'm not about to pay GoDaddy in order to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, apparently, also according to Wikipedia, which again we have already questioned the um, verisimilitude of. Apparently, hard round candies are the leading cause of choking deaths in children. I believe it. Is that isn't that wild? I feel like kids like just put anything in their mouths, though. But like candy, especially because if you put a nail in your mouth or like a, a quarter in your mouth, you're like, OK, this is happening. But if you put candy in your mouth, you're like, this is going to continue happening for the rest of my life. And you continue having it in there. And even when you feel yourself choking, you're like. But it's still sweet. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kids like the best death ever. Candy death. <laughs> Don't cry for me. That Hershey's kiss is the kiss of death. That's where that comes from. <laughs> According to Candy History. Dot net. Dot RU. Dot net. They all died <laughs> doing what they loved. That's right. We should be so lucky. Mm-hmm. Well, according to Candy History, the first chocolate candy bars were made by Joseph Fry in 1847 using bittersweet chocolate. Which mm, Mm. milk chocolate was first introduced in 1875 by Henry Nestle and Daniel Peter. So, yeah, bittersweet chocolate candy bar does not sound fun. Did any of you guys ever back in like the 80s, like the late 80s, try uh, early 90s, try like carob chocolate? Mm -mm. Oh, what an atrocity. (laughs) Well, they were trying. It wasn't even chocolate. It was carob, which was not chocolate. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like where they're trying to get you to eat margarine and RC cola. No, it was it was awful. And it was like, oh, so all the calories, none of the joy. Yeah, no. My parents were the type of people that we had. We had, our our breakfasts were either in the summer Wheaties or in the winter oatmeal. Oh, you know, just so you have options. <laughs> we had uh, we were allowed to have nineteen. Uh, it was was a cereal oh. that existed. Oh, and yes. like once every I... th- once every three months, my mother would get like a box of honeycombs, which my father would proceed to eat in one night, and then we got nothing. <laughs> uh, great parenting. I'm I'm looking forward to things things like that when my child is born that I can just like eat, like eat all their Halloween candy when they're asleep at that night. <sighs> right. So. Apparently, though, cotton candy, originally called fairy floss, was invented in 1897 by John C. Wharton and William Morrison, who was a dentist. Trying to drum up business. Trying to drum up business. That's right. First hits free. Like knowing the things about that I do about medicine back in like that time, like the way they used to market cigarettes as like an asthma cure. Right. They were probably like fairy floss. It's good for your child's health. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Huh? So a couple more random facts here, though. One from a a Mental Floss article that I found. Apparently, it takes licking machines. And yes, that is a machine that licks anywhere from 364 to 411 licks to reach the center of a Tootsie Pop. Um, Not three. 
did someone need to really know that? Did they have to put technology toward finding that out? They shouldn't we be curing coronavirus? Cancer's still out there. Y'all need to be cure cancer, fix the water in Flint, and then worry about how many licks it takes exactly. to get to the arrest. Brianna Taylor killer. Or at minimum, sweeten the water in Flint. <laughs> at least make it, although lead is quite sweet, so I take it back. You still have mesothelioma, but guess how many licks it takes. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, yeah, there's definitely a grad student whose like 125-page thesis was the design of a licking machine, I'm sure. <laughs> Hopefully, he's employed right now. <laughs> Apparently, though, President Ronald Reagan really loved jelly beans. He loved eating them so much that Air Force One was outfitted with special jelly bean holders, sure. less turbid, less turbulence cause his beloved beans to spill. You know that's you know what? Fine, no, that's been so benign. <laughs> now in 2020, great. <laughs> Do you remember when uh, George Bush Senior choked on a jelly yes. bean? Uh, was it a jelly bean? I thought it was a pretzel. You thought it was a pretzel? No, I think it was a jelly bean. Junior, Junior choked on a pretzel. You know what? Go to candyhistory.net real quick. <laughs> That's that. Those facts are definitely on candyhistory.ru. That's, okay, fair. Or like, or like candy deep web <laughs> right. slash Reddit. Q-A-N-D-Y. Candy with a Q. <laughs> Q-A-N-D-Y. So... Apparently, though, it used to. So another fact, this is amazing to me. It used to take 27 hours to make one peep, one peep. It, could you imagine the teams of like small worker children in England who were working to make like individual peeps over the course of like 27 hours <laughs> to like, yes. feed like some Lord's child on Easter? And then the kid would just throw it in the because. No one really likes peeps. So then there's definitely, would, yeah, no, no. There's 27 hours to make the grossest candy on earth. Like, why were we not doing Not a good this? ROI on that. No. There, there's a hack for peeps. There's a way for peeps to taste okay. better. I'm listening. Please, enlighten us. They've got to be stale. Okay. You have to take a pack of peeps, open it mm-hmm. up, put it into a drawer or into a file cabinet, into a container, somewhere where it's not going to get a lot of ants or whatever. Put it in there, forget about it for a few weeks, and then come back, and it's way better. Does it taste like old boot? (laughs) Xanthor, old boot is not the business. (laughs) (laughs) You're not really doing old boot. If you want old boot, come back at Halloween and dig at the bottom of your uh, those... uh, yeah, the, all the crap candy. The black and yeah. orange. Oh, yeah. Wrapper one. So that, I mean, I guess before we go any further then, with all the ground we've covered so far, why do you guys feel that like candy is an essential aspect of the human experience? Well, first of all, candy is something that children love. There are very, very few children who are just like, I don't like candy at all. I just want to spend my time plotting murder. Like (laughs) children love candy. And so like candy is sweet, it's good, but then a part of it also is nostalgic and it reminds you of your childhood. Like every time I have, I mean, I'll have certain candies and be like, I remember having this as a kid or I remember, I have memories tied to these candies. So it's not just a sweet little treat. It's a nice little trip down memory lane. Mm. And when, when Maggie talks about having so many memories tied to it, you know, they used to come out 
a lot more often with like new candy bars. Mm. And it, you can even go down the, do you guys, maybe you're too young to remember like the Reggie bar, like named no. after Reggie Jackson from, okay. Um, he was real big in the seventies <laughs> and it was like a round candy, bar. like there was a lot, it used to come out all the time and you can peg kind of different times in your life to like candy that you even liked then and how certain candies evolve. Like now there's, all kinds of different M&Ms and all kinds of different peanut butter cups even. And it, it's just, it's, it's, there's so much tied in with it emotionally. I just, I don't, I don't know anything else that can give you so much joy for such little money and without having to like go out on the streets and find it. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, Blair, we're going to have you go first to defend what you believe to be the ultimate representation of what it makes a truly great candy maker. But before we kind of dive into what Mars is and, and its backstory, I just want to ask what, what is your, what was your introduction to like the candy that Mars has made? What, what, what is its connection to your life? Well, the thing about Mars is that the candy that they've made, has been there my entire life. There almost wasn't an introduction. It has always been. It is the sun. It is the sky. It is the moon. It is the stars. There was no time when I was introduced to the sun. The sun was always there. I mean, we're talking about things like I. the first thing on their list, three musketeers. And it's, it's first because it starts with a number. Um, three musketeers. That was one of the first candies that I loved. I would not pick it out of a bin right now. But... When I was a little kid, I used to love Three Musketeers. It's a peanut M&M's? Peanut M&M's and M&M's? Are you kidding me? That's almost like the baseline for what candy is supposed to be. And I can even ju justify why peanut M&M's has, has, you know, nutritional value. It's not... <laughs> I, I remember... I remember when Twix came out. I believe I was in junior high school. Maybe I was in fifth grade. And the, it was one of the first candies where I would really try to freeze it, you know, uh, before if you if you had the chance and you didn't feel like one of your brothers was going to gack it, you try to freeze a Twix if you if you didn't just shove it all in your face at once. So and just I to say why it's more like it's just always been and they have i mean even like starburst skittles they're they're great not just in the chocolate game not just in the chocolate plus game as i call it which might be chocolate plus nougat or chocolate plus caramel or chocolate plus nuts they're good man they're good in like the fruit tangy game they're in the starburst <laughs> yes, true. Now, pink starburst stick pinks i'm gonna get in, i get in fights with people over this a lot I get fights with people over a lot of things a lot, but I get in fights with people. That's why I asked you to do this show. I know, I know why I'm here. I know who I fucking am. Thank you, Pete. But, <laughs> but pink, pink Starbursts burst is trash. But an orange and yellow Starburst, I have continued to go to certain psychiatrists because they had Starbursts out. Wow. So, that I mean, is, uh, they do it wow. all. They do it all. And hair boo. Is basically one good candy pretending to be seventy eight candy. And it's the same candy. That's that is um, strong words. It's not even Sour Patch Kids. I'm like, oh, do they do Sour Patch? No. Well, for those of you who are unaware as to the breadth of 
the Mars candy company's influence on the candy world. Here's a little description from Wikipedia that says that Mars Incorporated is an American global manufacturer with $33 billion in annual sales. It was ranked as the sixth largest privately held company in the United States by Forbes, which is crazy to me that a candy company. It's also uh, now based in the uh, Washington, D.C. area. I don't know if you know that. They actually have a bunch of offices um, all over the place for different departments, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting because they like they work on a lot of like widely disparate things. Like yes. they have pet food. food uh, they have, yeah, the food, pet care, a whole drinks department. And then they have two divisions one that are crazy one that's called symbioscience and the other one called the life sciences division what is a candy company doing involved in symbioscience what the f- they want to learn how to keep us alive as long as possible while eating as much candy as possible and then you're gonna have to get some biologists involved to figure that out you know what i'm saying like you they want us they don't want us to be so healthy that we're not stuffing our faces with candy, but they don't want us to die too soon because then you're losing a good candy consumer. That's what that's my theory. But like you mentioned, Blair, the company is known for the Mars bar, Milky Way, M&M's, um, Franklin Clarence Mars. It was the founder of the company who where it gets its name. He started the Mars candy factory in 1911 but the business ultimately failed and then his son picked it up. And so the son and his first wife turned it into this best-selling candy company. And in 1930, Frank Mars Jr. or sorry, Frank Mars Sr., the son of Frank Mars, which is weird that he's the senior, created the Snickers bar and first sold it in U.S. markets. In 1932, Mars introduced the Three Musketeers bar and kind of the rest is history. Um, What's interesting that oh, that I found out about it is is it's still a family business and the company is apparently famous for its secrecy. Yeah, I believe that. Is there a reason a candy company needs to hide shit? What- Did you not watch Willy Wonka even one time? Yeah, but we're talking about like this shit is top secret shit, man. You can't. No, you. I don't understand why that's surprising to you. The whole premise of the Willy Wonka movie is that you, you you can't let everybody know your goddamn business and it's it's shit's got to be secret were they after the were they after his candy though or were they after like the weird magical world that they wanted to like exploit i feel like that was like probably probably more valuable to them they were after whatever they could get and that's what this world's like, Pete. Yeah. Everyone's after whatever they can take from you. And so, and everybody wants candy. So if you don't want them to take your candy fortune, you keep your mouth shut. Mm, fair enough. By the way, we all know that much of Willy Wonka is very troubling. There's a lot of troubling aspects. To I mean, all the child murder? Is the that child like- murder, they're basically, uh, you know, indentured uh, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody who watched Willy Wonka was like, oh, yeah, this is a good way to run a business. Like everything is fine here. Well, I mean, your when your business plan is like, I'm just going to let a child take over uh, this factory. <laughs> peace out. You know? Yeah, I'm going to peace um, out. And I'm going to do what exactly? Like, was he retiring? He wasn't old. Like, <laughs> he's just, he, was just, he was just lining it up for when he right. did because he knew he didn't have kids and he knew that there was not going to be a woman who was going to let him. <laughs> anywhere near him. No. Nowhere near like him. You have Lopas, you just they say okay, no. Yeah. Get out of my house. Unmatch, unhinge. Why are why are you singing like off key at me right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so 
Something interesting, though, that I found out about like most of the candy companies that I looked up for this is that they all kind of have a dark side. Oh, I bet. I bet you're trafficking in legal drugs. Yeah, well, um, in 2007, Mars came under criticism from people from PETA for funding laboratory experiments on mice and rats and (laughs) guinea pigs. That's tough. Yeah, and also they've been criticized for buying cocoa beans from West African farmers who reportedly use unpaid or poorly paid child laborers. I bet. And 2019, Mars announced that they couldn't guarantee that their chocolate products were free from child slave labor in 2019. Um, As as they could only trace 24% of their purchasing back to farm level, which is insane. Like, you're the sixth. 24%? You're the sixth largest company in the United States, and you only know where... 24% 24% of your chocolates come like what the fuck and just to revisit that isn't it amazing that the sixth largest because what is it like Walmart and like a couple of car companies and then candy that's how important it is Xanthor yeah well like candy is like an addiction sugar is an addiction and people say that um addicts will substitute candy for whatever their vice of choice is so it, it makes I have, uh, yeah, some experience with this. Yeah, they, uh, as uh, someone related to, occasionally married to uh, the folks in the 12-step community, very, yes, very popular substitution. In fact, it's, it's even considered, and some people have told me stories about how it is the precursor to their adult addictions, like somebody taking down a knife from a, a, a cabinet when they're five, six years old, going up to their parents' bedroom and holding it up to his mom because she wouldn't, she wouldn't give him any more candy. Holy shit. Uh, alcoholism and drug addiction ran in that family, as it turns out. <laughs> it's a fun show. We talk about fun things. You remember candy cigarettes? <laughs> like- yeah, that was tough. Oh, man, yes, I do remember candy cigarettes. <laughs> I wonder, <laughs> this is a dumb thought, but I wonder if candy cigarettes were also marketed as a cure for like childhood diseases. Like, right. <laughs> um, okay, so apparently candystore.com says that President Richard Nixon commonly ate a Milky Way for breakfast, which is incredible. Not a good, not a good start. Also, I th- speaking of like terrible excess, Apparently, every day, Skittles makes 200 million of its original variety. It's a lot of Skittles. It's just like candy is produced in such large amounts. Isn't that fucking wild? I just like to when you apparently when you look at how many that makes over the course of a year, it's enough Skittles to reach from Earth to the moon. There do not need to be that many Skittles in fucking existence. Well, I I beg to differ. Apparently, there do need to be that many Skittles because they're not making them if they're not getting bought. Uh, We will mask our feelings uh, of discomfort and fear and 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 resentment uh, and disappointment with whatever we can get. And this is cheap and legal. Yeah, well, there's just two more facts about Mars that I think are interesting. One, apparently Three Musketeers was so named because it originally featured chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla, which I don't know. I, I, apparently they, they vanilla and strawberry were scarce during World War II, so they ditched them, which is interesting, but I wouldn't have mind a Neapolitan candy bar. And then this other fact that I found was that customers in the United Kingdom can buy jars of Twix spread, which is a Nutella-like spreadable that contains chocolate, caramel, and crunchy pieces of biscuit. I would try that. That sounds 
fucking you know amazing. That would be Please. fucking great in a Dairy Queen blizzard. If anybody in the UK ever listens to this podcast, please, please uh, mail me some of this. What do they call again? Twix spread? It's a Twix spread. Sounds incredible. We can get this shit. I'm buying you some. All right. Well, Blair, then just real quickly then, why do you feel like Mars is the ultimate example of what a, a candy maker should be? It's not even, look, I mean, there's people who would talk about Hershey and the Americana. Um, the I, I, I'm not even talking about why Mars is so great, but it is. It's got some of the classic, Twix is still top two or three candy bar of all time. It's not even, and, and, and as our peanut, peanut M&M is not a candy bar, but a candy uh, for me anyway, but it's just more that it just, it, it just, it runs the board. It's got, it, it's even got fancy candy. It's even got Dove it's got every, it's got all the important things. It's got the, it's got the chocolate. It's got the chocolate plus it's got the chocolate nut and it's got the fruit tangy. It's got everything. It's and I, I'm not even saying I want it to be that way. I'm just saying it is. Yeah. Very. That's a very humble, <laughs> humble uh, conclusion to that argument. But um, let's move on to our, the next side of this debate, Maggie, you're going to be defending Haribo, but before we get into that, what was the first time you ever had a Haribo candy? Um, I don't remember the exact first time I ever had a Haribo candy, but it was sometime during my childhood. They weren't as widespread because it's not just a mass-produced trash candy. Oh, um, they yes. Were, you had to like bring them over from Europe, and so um, the Golden Bears clearly were. They were probably the first, or one of the uh, little roulette. Um, little rolls that they sell. The roulettes were probably the first because those are um, easy uh, checkout candy everywhere. But, um, Impulse buy. Right. Well, for those of you who um, do not have a more refined palate and never have never tried, Harib- is, is it Haribo or Haribo? Haribo. Haribo. Haribo is a German confectionery company founded by Hans Reigel Sr., did it make candy for the Nazis, like Mercedes-Benz made cars? Let's, we'll get there when we get oh, there. Okay. <laughs> Feels kind of inevitable. Okay. It began in Kessenisch, Bonn, North Rhine, Westphalia. The name Haribo is an acronym formed from Hans Regel Bonn. Uh, the company created the first gummy candy in 1922 in the form of little gummy bears called Gummibachen. <laughs> they sound terrifying. <laughs> yeah, Haribo has expanded its operations, taking over many local confectionery manufacturers. <laughs> just, just kind of describing something more insidious than it sounds. Taking over many local confectionery manufacturers in countries all over the world. It began international expansion in the 1960s and entered American markets in the 1980s. Okay. Um, it currently operates 16 factories, which produce over 100 million gummy bears per, can anyone guess? Day. Week. Yeah, day. Damn. 100 million gummy bears per day. Wow. I, I'm kind of at a loss for words. But like how many gummy bears go in a bag? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that they're producing 100 bags of gummy bears. They're yeah, just, that would be mad. <laughs> yeah, that's like 70 bears in a bag something like that yeah really we're not even reaching mars level of excess anyway at this point so let's but let's continue as you mentioned blair before (laughs) so and as we as we mentioned when we were discussing mars 
Haribo has its dark side. Right. Apparently, it was accused of using Jewish forced labor in its factories during World War II, but it denies this. In my experience, if you're accused of using Jewish forced labor in the uh, in in World War II, then then you probably did. Well, is using child labor, so everybody out here using labor. Uh, yeah. yeah. Willy Wonka is out here using Oompa Loompas. <laughs> we're all using some shit we're not supposed to be doing. I'm just saying, I don't think their denial is very a very satisfactory end to the story. I don't think it's uh, believable. I mean, what would it, wouldn't it be wild as fuck if they like just really owned it? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how you make it. That's what winners did. <laughs> yeah. But in 2014, also, Haribo's skipper mix was pulled in some markets because some of the candy pieces were shaped like caricatures of Asian, African, and Native American masks that some consumers considered to be racist. And by some consumers, all the types of consumers who are actually depicted by their race. Yeah, um, probably by Asian, African, and Native American people. Yeah, so, I mean... Um, Well, are we defending them based on... Based on candy or based on pol- are we separating the art from the artist or what? I, I agree with Maggie. I, my job here was to talk about the candy. I'm not here to defend. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know Haribo's life like that. I don't really know what they're into and whatnot. But. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, apparently, according to a, a Thrillist article, the Gumi Bachen that uh, we were <laughs> we were <laughs> discussing before, they're uh, not actually called gummy bears. Uh, yeah, I, they believe Maggie. You said their actual name was Gold Bears. Uh, yeah, that's their brand, a Golden Bear. Mm-hmm. And they come in five different colors. It all tastes the same. Well, that's an interesting fact that I've I learned that in the U.S., not only do gold bears actually have one fewer flavor than Europe, it's apple. American green ones are actually strawberry flavor, but they're made by different recipes so that the European variety has slightly more natural flavoring. Now, according to a website called Mashbox, in the 30s, they produced a line of teddy bear gummies named for Teddy Roosevelt. Presumably because of his habit of eating actual bears, which fuck yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. I I did not know. Is that a story that he apparently did? I think Teddy Roosevelt had a lot of bear lore attached to him. Mm-hmm. Like Teddy Bear is. I heard he saved a, a baby bear or something like that. But there's a lot of bear imagery surrounding. Teddy. His wife was a bear. <laughs> right, sure. Let's not forget that. Um, also, this is awesome. I love this. Apparently, one of their old candies was literally an ass with ears. It's like two butt cheeks with like I think that is a lot brightly colored ears on them, and you can still buy them on on Amazon. Which this begs the question: Is this the origin of eating ass? I suspect not. <laughs> Fair enough. So apparently Rigel Jr. was also known for standing at the end of Haribo conveyor belts and quality testing, quote unquote, bears, licorice and cola bottles for hours at a time. Now, if that's not the reason why you run a candy company, I can't think of what what is, you know, I mean, just sitting there like I'll I'll eat them off the line. The freshest candy imaginable. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and uh, finally, the final interesting thing that I, I found out, this is not necessarily directly Haribo related, but because it involves gummy bears, I think it's it, it's kind of loosely tied in. Apparently, 
there are gummy bear boob implants. No, that's a lie. That's a dream. It's like some some fucking ninety year old white dude who rides ATVs in South Carolina made that up. Well, they're not actually made of gummy bear, but the FDA did approve in 2006 what was called a gummy bear bust enhancer, which is designed with a silicon gel to have the same specific texture and feel as a bouncy gummy bear, which I don't really think when I like hold a gummy bear, like, mmm, this is sexy and like squeeze it. But the guy who created this owns the best website name of all time. It's just Gummy Bear Breast Implants New York dot com. Right. Not to be confused with the West Coast. <laughs> I was definitely assuming he would be in New Jersey. But uh, Maggie, yeah. then given what we now know about Haribo, why would you say it is the greatest candy maker of all candy makers, trumping even Mr. Willy Wonka himself? I would say that because... Um, they make the best quality candy. Like I said earlier, Mars, yeah, they make a bunch of candy. They make a bunch of mass produced stuff that you just give away during Halloween. You don't give away Haribo candy. You buy that for yourself. You buy Mars candy for people that you give away to, or you have it on a candy dish or something. Haribo is a better quality of candy. It doesn't have as many um, different varieties, but it is perfect in what it does well all right it's 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 a craftsman's candy um uh something that harkens perhaps to the artisans of the old world <laughs> then before we just make a final decision about which of the two will be forever remembered in the ultimate reckoning of human culture let's take this brief word from one of our sponsors <laughs> Whoa, 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 hey, hey, man, take it easy there. Here, try this. Hmm? How you feeling? Oh, yeah, I feel much better. You see, you were just hungry, and that's why Snickers. Are there for what? Are there peanuts in this? Yeah, there's peanuts all over. It's it's mostly peanuts. Oh my god, do you have a peanut allergy? Oh my god! Oh my god, somebody call 911! Oh my god, he's dying! Oh my god, I'm so sorry! I have no idea! <laughs> Snickers. It's mostly peanuts. Well, coming back now to our final decision, Xanthar will choose based on everything we've gone over, the arguments you've made, but before he does so, any final parting words just to pick apart each other's arguments, uh, lay waste to what the logic either of you have used so far? I'll say it this way. Haribo is like getting a custom-made couture or a Vera Wang dress mm. or you know something that is handcrafted and has impeccable quality. Now, you can go to Ross Dress for Less and get as many dresses as you need to get, but you can't compare the quality of the two. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> that is a, a highly succinct and incredible argument. Um, <laughs> seems quite impregnable. Um, how about it, Blair? What do you think? What can you say to convince Xanthor? Yeah, if that custom-made couture dress gave you a terrible intestinal blockage, then yes, that would be a perfect metaphor. 
Anyone who's ever had a sugar-free or any quantity of the Haribo product knows that it has been destroying intestinal tracts for decades. How dare you? Go Google, Google sugar-free Haribo candy, and then just see how appetizing it seems to you. No, we're not saying sugar-free. We're not saying sugar-free, regular sugar Haribo. Oh, no, no. Go and Google intestines and Haribo candy and gummy bears and see what comes out it so to speak uh you're you're not gonna like you're not gonna like it uh not only is the is the is the Twix or the peanut M&M this isn't they make a lot of them because they're fucking great and people love them enough bickering I have made my decision clearly The Mars Corporation is a hollow shell of a candy maker solely bent on crass commercialism. The clear victor in this is the artisanal, generationally crafted candy excellence of the Haribo Corporation. Damn you straight to hell, Xanthor! Yeah, come on to Earth and have a, a good palate, Xanthor. Also, I am quite curious about this eating ass phenomenon. Perhaps this candy will be my entry point. So to speak. <laughs> Thank you once again for giving legitimacy to our endeavor by committing around an hour of your time that you can never get back. Though in the grand scheme of celestial history, That doesn't even really mean much anyway, does it? For more from Maggie, follow her on Instagram and Twitter at MaggieMayHaha and watch her live podcast at InTheGreenZoom on Instagram every Tuesday at 7pm Pacific. For more from Blair, follow her on all social media at PostmanComedy and check out her weekly video series Flip Out Fridays. Our theme music was composed by Yoki Danoff. Our special segment was produced by the Midnight Gardeners League. This episode was produced by my co-host, Pete Musto, who you can follow at TryTheLandCrab on Twitter and at BadassWizard on Instagram. Finally, we humbly request once again that you please subscribe to Which Is More on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please give us a five-star rating and write a review. Follow us at Which Is More Podcast on Instagram and Which Is More One on Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for guests or debate topics, please email us at whichismorepodcast at gmail.com and never give up hope that your favorite things about being human will make the cut and last forever, long after you're nothing more than cosmic dust. An MGL production.